and welcome to episode 30 of Risk and Reward, the golf podcast from Winning Edge Investments that aims to keep you on the right side of the betting ledger. My name's Rod Murray. Welcome along for the ride as myself and co-host John Evans do our best to not only entertain, but also educate a little about golf and it's playing at the highest level. John's a former tournament player and lifetime punter, so he's ideally placed for duties as our resident expert. I know how to press the big red button that says record, so I get to drag along on his coattails. We'll bring in Jay in just a moment to break down last week's bets and have a look ahead to this week. But before that, a reminder to check out the website of our partner, Winning Edge Investments. Golf's just a small part of what they do. They have several market-leading horse racing newsletters available for those who are interested in that pursuit. Of course, if you listen to this, we're also assuming you've got an interest in the greatest stick and ball game of them all. So we focus our attention on trying to select value long-priced players, but also dispense a little wisdom about the game along the way. If you do decide that you'd like to get John's full selections each week rather than just those we reveal here, there is a reward for you for listening to us, and that's a 25% discount off the price of a subscription for the life of the subscription. Just head to Winning Edge website at winningedgeinvestments.com, click the newsletter tab, then head to membership options. Alternatively, just have a look down below and you'll see a link or a couple of links in the show notes. Once you've selected the golf newsletter, enter the promo code GOLF25 and you'll get that discount. The price will come down from $150 per month to just $112.50. I don't need to say it again. That is terrific value. Three or 12 month subscription. You also get a profit guarantee. It's hard to imagine you could get a better deal if you're in the market for this kind of thing. That's enough of the admin. Let's talk golf and golf betting. JE, come in. Welcome. I think another bunch of close calls this past week, but we don't give up here on risk and reward. Well, thank you, Rod. And I, I just want to make a point that a fella on Twitter about 10 minutes ago asked me whether I played golf, and uh, which I thought was pretty good because I've been doing it for 60 years. But um, anyway, yeah, well, last week uh, was perhaps the saddest story of the year. Uh, could have been a wonderful story. We backed Scotty Brown at $1,000, and uh, I had another go with one round to go at $720, so I was going to have a big, big payday. Unfortunately, Adam Scott did something which Adam Scott doesn't do very often. He held putts. <laughs> and uh, he got up and down twice from two almost impossible situations. Yep. Downwind out of the long grass with no green to work with. He threw it straight up in the air and hold about a 12-footer for a par. And then he got behind a bunker when he shouldn't have. And uh, again, not an easy little pitch. Played away from the flag and hold another 10-footer for a birdie. And that was what Scotch Scotty Brown, who was sitting quietly in the clubhouse with his nine under par score and all my money. Looking pretty good. I've got a mixed emotions, obviously, Jay. I think we're all glad to see when Adam Scott wins. It's good for the game. He's a terrific guy. I think most golf fans have a genuine liking for him. He's one of the good guys of golf. But that flop shot he hit that you're talking about, I can't recall exactly which hole it was on. He hit, he missed the green long and right. That was an extraordinary shot under that pressure. He took near enough to a full swing to hit the ball no more than 10 or 15 yards. And that takes real courage, doesn't it? Sunday afternoon, with all of that on the line, I thought that was a really impressive shot and tells you something about what Scott's year this year might look like. Well, it's Tiger Woods like that shot. I mean, yeah. you have to have... I mean. It isn't as hard a shot as it looks, except when you're leading... <laughs> Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yep, for four years, and you're leading a tournament yeah. and you're in the rough and it's downwind. Yeah. That makes it just a fraction harder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, that uh, and Adam Scott is a, is a great Australian ambassador for the game, but I must say that 
my uh, emotions were <laughs> much, much stronger and my support from Scotty Brown, and I did throw a couple of darts at Adams as he was coming down the line. Yeah, indeed. And uh, with the odds that were available on Scott Brown, what did you say you started at, Scott Brown? It was $1,000. But this is the really interesting thing about uh, betting on golf. He was $760 or $720 with one round to go. Wow. And another player who finished another shot back was 760 with one round to go, and I backed them both. So you see, the market believes the leaders and the Kardashians are almost unbeatable. Yeah. But the reality is these guys can all win, mm -hmm. and when they have a hot day, yeah. they can get past everybody. And that was the that was the message that, that, that my sort of gambling or my sort of uh, investing, I think it's probably a better way to describe it, where you find value, long odds value, can have tremendous returns. I mean, I would have, uh, the, the, the average punter who's a subscriber, uh, he would have had $10,000 to 10 on Scotty Brown. And you have that ability, as we know, that uh, if Scotty Brown gets down to $5, you can take $1,000 out. And if you if he gets down to $2, you can take another couple of thousand out. You win 3000 and Adam Scott wins. Yep. So... I know that sounds a bit complicated and I haven't explained it very well, but that's that's the advantage of betting and using our system. We identify these players at long odds and they get up uh, on a strange number of occasions. Yeah, indeed, that uh, would have been a hell of a result. And you're right, of course, everybody looks at the leaderboard. They see Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott at the top. And they think, well, the winner's got to come from one of those three. Well, this time they're right, but there was no guarantees of that halfway through the front nine when Scott made a double and McElroy made a triple, which he never came back from. So it was actually a really good finish, I thought, and a really interesting tournament. We've been a bit, we've been pretty lucky so far this year, J.A. All the tournaments have been interesting and good close finishes, it feels to me. Um, we've had a fair few playoffs already, and the golf's been exciting, uh, which yeah, well, it isn't I think, always. I think the courses have been, I mean, Riviera was, uh, I've played Riviera, it's disappointing because I've been up there quite a few times. Yeah, it's money. But, uh, so. Uh, it looked to me like um, a very, very interesting test. Yep. And uh, obviously the, the, there were some issues with the um, power and, and a power and newer greens. I understand that. But what's the amazing thing is here's all the great putters missing on the power and And here's Adam Scott, who's normally missing everything, holding them. So... They were there to hold, and he was the one who held them. And I think he probably put himself in the best places. That might be a big part of the yeah. explanation. He was rarely out of position. That, that flop shot we talked about was one of the few occasions where he was out of position. That, and you're right, that par five where he had to lay it up was at 17, I think. That was a delightful, very nifty. And again, courageous to hit away from the flag. That sounds ridiculous, but that takes some courage to hit away from the flag there, which he did. He hit it about as good as you possibly could to about eight feet, as you said. Congratulations, Adam Scott, and commiserations, Scott Brown. And Adam Scott, you now owe J.E. about 10000 bucks, by my reckoning, which you can afford, frankly, J.E., so the next time you see him, you should ask him for it. Uh, let's move on. Uh, was there any other... Uh, it was the main event last week, obviously, the Genesis, uh, and, of course, we had the Women's Australian Open. Was The mar the market's very thin on the old PGA early in the year, J.E. Was there much on the, uh, the Women's Australian Open worth looking at? The only thing that I was disappointed was I put up Maria Fassi at $930, uh, which she would have been had the market been a bit uh, stronger. 
Um, she got out. She got out the nine hundred and thirty dollars, even a thousand dollars, a couple of times. I put the nine thirty up. Four fifty was taken, and at one stage she was right in it. She had. She got three under par, I think, in the third or last round, mm. and then had a double bogey, and then had another birdie, and then had another double bogey. Otherwise, she'd have been right in the mix. A couple of loose and, shots. So. And, and and those uh, so they, so that would have been a nice. Uh, a nice bet to have had. We didn't have it. We didn't lose it. We we didn't have a chance to win either. But anyway, that the markets are thin, and they're thin this week as well because it's a it's a field that that the, the bookmakers probably don't know half of them, so right. they're going to be fairly um, protective of their market. So let's go there now. We're talking about the Australian Ladies Classic. It's a ladies European Tour event, their first event of 2020 at Bonville here in Coffs Harbour. I'm actually on site working for the week at Bonville. I've come back to the motel to record. This is all pretty noisy out there during tournament week, as you'd imagine, J.E. There's people all over the place. If you don't go to the golf very often, do yourself a favour and go. It's got a good energy about it. Golf tournaments have always got a good energy about them, even early in the week. Uh, it's good to be around the place. Uh, looks like we're betting on Bet365 this week for the women. As you said, I imagine that the markets would be thin. And by my reckoning, well, you've got three listed here already, two for podcast Pete, Gillian Hollis and Becky Kay. Let's start with Gillian Hollis and explain to me why she's going to have some of JE's money on her this week in Coffs Harbour. Yeah, Gillian Hollis, I, I noted her and uh, tipped her last week because I noticed that she's come up through the ranks of the Symmetra Tour and uh, had two wins up there and shown a lot of promise and she came down to Australia first time and played very well and was right up there very early and, and hung in there uh, down at the Australian Open so this is a lesser quality field unfortunately we've got a lesser quality price too, I think we got about 300 last week but we've only got uh, $51 this week but uh, she's, a, she's a comer not a not my typical price, but it's hard to find my typical prices here with uh, with the women's money. They are. But um, the other one I like was Becky Kay at $276 each way on uh, Bet365. And my reasoning here is she's, a, I think she might won the Australian Amateur Championship, women's amateur. She certainly won a couple of big amateur events. And she had the guts to play with the men last year at, uh, at possibly the Queensland Open. PGA, uh, they, PGA or Open, I can't remember which one, but yes, you're quite right. It was one of the two. Yeah, I think it might have been at Queensland Open, but it was, yeah. anyway, it was, she might have been even at Royal Queensland, but she she stepped up and she actually played very well. And so if she's prepared to take on the men and show that she's got the ability to be able to play off the back tees against the men, then at $275 each way, $276 each way, she's got to be worth a try here. And this what what must be said is... Um, is uh, perhaps a third-tier women's event. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's not the strongest field. There are a couple of standouts in the field, but not too many of them, as you say. Iron Cho, interestingly, is backing up and playing this week. I would have thought she would have been in the field for the Thailand event, which has since been cancelled, but she was obviously already entered for here. Very different golf course this week, J.E., for those who played at 13th Beach and Royal Adelaide. This is a completely different experience this week, this course at Bonville. Uh, Bermuda grass, much more tropical sort of weather. It's extremely humid out there. Much more aerial style of golf. Much less opportunity to get the ball on the ground and bouncing toward the hole and feed the ball. So it's, uh, well, it's an adjustment, isn't it? The tournament players make constantly, I'm constantly staggered by how quickly these players do make these adjustments. But you couldn't imagine two golf courses more disparate, more polar opposite 
than Royal Adelaide and Bonville, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, well, Bonville, as, as you remarked earlier, uh, is uh, a lot of greens that are in plateaus above the level of the fairway, and that's mm -hmm. going to require players with good iron distance control and, and also flight yep. and height. And perhaps, is Ian Van Dam playing this week? This and year? Van Dam is playing this week and went all right here last year. So I would, uh, she will be at short odds in this field, I would think. Too short for you. Uh, yeah, well, she was, she was. But but just, just as, a, as a word to the wise, Ian Van Dam's got the kind of game that this course would yeah. probably suit better, Very best much. of all of the players. And the other one is Esther Henselite, who's, yes. uh, who's also a long, strong, high ball hitter. So... Um, I'm not tipping those players because of our uh, our value philosophy. They they represent no gambling value, but they are possible winners. You're showing off your golf knowledge, and there's nothing wrong with that, Jay. You like a bit of a show off from time to time. Uh, let's playing according to this bloke. Sixty years I've been at it. Just <laughs> I made a very very crude and rude remark. <laughs> One can only imagine, Jay, I might have to go and have a look at your Twitter feed to see that exchange. Let's move a little bit further north to Queensland. The Queensland Open being played this year. New course at the Pelican Waters uh, course, a Greg Norman designed golf course there at Caboolture, sort of halfway between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast, maybe a little bit closer to the Sunshine Coast than Brisbane. So no horses for courses here. They've not played this, uh, this course before. Christopher Wood and Gavin Fairfax, your two picks. This also looks, in betting terms, a little bit thin. And again, you've gone with Bet365 rather than Betfair. No betting on Betfair. In fact, no betting on Betfair on the women either. That's why we're here on Bet365. But I did find a couple that I thought uh, represented value. Christopher Wood, we tipped him last week. Uh, he was at $1,000. Um, and this is not a much different field, but... He played very, very solidly. I think he might have had four rounds in the 60s. So he certainly had the first three rounds were in the 60s, and he was he was under par with a few holes to play in the last round. There was a bit of chaos and mayhem on the back nine up there, whether they were all choking or the, or the weather or the wind blew them around. I'm not sure, but I did watch it. But there was, it was a bit hard to determine that from from the uh, coverage. There was a scoring kerfuffle as well towards the end there, J.E. Scott Arnold, they had him in at 1,300. He was only actually at 1,200. And then that until Brad Kennedy as he was playing the last hole. And the target was 12, not 13. And he then made a double bogey. So it was a bit of a a bit of a kerfuffle towards the end of the tournament just to, just to add to uh, what was a confusing finish. It's such a low-scoring golf course up there. Because if you, you look at the leaderboard, you can't imagine the scoring. A couple of guys shot 61 there this year. So it's, it's sort of tough to keep up. But... Um, Clearly good from Christopher Wood. Gavin Fairfax, now this is a player I'm not particularly familiar with, J.E., so I'll be interested to hear your reasoning here. Well, I'll go back a step um, because I tipped Scotty Arnold at $1,000 and I tipped him every week in the last <laughs> five weeks. Until? <laughs> and he had a good round. He, he did play quite well down at the Vic Open and so they shortened him up. So... Me being the canny punter I am, I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to back him this week. And then he did it. He, he could have, he, he, the only reason he didn't win was because um, the winner, who who, uh, who who played unbelievably well, all of a sudden in one of the playoff holes, drove it in behind the root of a tree. And I thought, hey, my, my man was down the middle of the fairway and whacked it on the green. I thought to myself, I'm in here. And, and unfortunately, he chipped it out. Um, 
knocked it on the green hole about a 40 footer to keep going. So Michael Sim. Scotty Arnold, Scotty Arnold could have been a sad story for me having tipped him. And then the one week I didn't tip him, he nearly won it. Another one of the Brad Hughes's. He's been working with Brad Hughes. Found him online. Yeah, no, that, 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 that really interested me because, as people will know, Scotty and Jamie Arnold, Jamie's on the web, Corn Ferry, what do they call that tour now? He's on that tour over there in the US. And his, he and his brother Scotty are sons of Colin Arnold, who is the pro at... Uh, Cronulla. Cronulla here in Sydney, yes. But Colin Arnold is a very interesting bloke because as a young man, he worked for Billy McWilliam at Beverly Park and Billy McWilliam touted him as a better young player at the age of 16 than Bruce Crampton, who people remember. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs> Goodness me. He won about 14 US tour events. He won a bad player. And Scotty Arnold won the Australian Amateurs. So Scotty was, the, if you like, the anointed son of, of, of a superstar to be. And as it turned out, it was Jamie who came out of the woodwork and, and became, at this point in time, was considered to be the best player. But Scotty got on the phone or went onto the internet and found Brad Hughes, and Brad Hughes has done another miracle work. So, um, and I'm impressed with Brad Hughes' his, uh, golfing intelligence and teaching methods. I'm very impressed. And he's proving it in more ways than one. If you can do it on, with a video... He's very good. He so, seems to me he gives the players back some joy in the game. The worst thing that can happen for a professional player is to stop enjoying it, which can happen when they start to play badly, not always, but to really stop enjoying it. Scott Arnold talked about just not enjoying being on the course and seriously thinking about perhaps giving it away. Uh, and what, what he does, I think, Brad Hughes, he seems to give those players, or perhaps players of a certain era, they get the joy back in the game. It's, it's almost like they put on a pair of old slippers and they go, oh, that's right, this is how you swing the club and play the game. Once they start hitting it out of the middle again, back comes the joy, and once they're in a good mood, well, we can see from Scott Arnold, Brendan Todd, several others, Greg Chalmers took a year, had a year off the game and is playing nicely again this year working with Hughes. It's a, it's a really neat trick that I think Brad is, is, is doing with these guys. And I don't mean that in the sense that it's some kind of smoke and mirrors. What he's, teach, what he's doing for them is giving them back a golf game that I think a lot of them have lost, perhaps partly because of the modern swing and the modern equipment and the way things are compared to when they probably all started learning the game. Well, the thing about Brad Hughes's simple method is you say he gives back the joy in the game. I want to tell you there's no joy when you're hitting one 100 yards right and the next one 100 yards left. That's, that's, the, that's the complete opposite of joy. Don't need to tell me, J.E. He's got him working on the got him working on what he calls the 430 path, which is obviously the inside to in swing, which is natural. You can't do it much the other way, but a lot of people perhaps try to. And all of a sudden they start flushing the ball, and while they might miss it to the right for a period of time, it all works itself back in, and now they've got rid of the left miss, and yeah. now they've got a chance. And and I'm so impressed with the simplicity of his method. That's yeah. the He's not I teaching agree. them how to complicate it. No. He's merely teaching them to go back to the simple structure of the game. So, anyway, Scotty Arnold, he's, he's, he, we forget him. He's not here. He might be here, actually. But uh, here no, he's, he's not playing this week. I had a look in there. And actually, yeah, no, he is. My, my I think he is actually playing, but I think he's a shorty shots after his play. He's $24. He's $24. He's lost me. Not in your but realm. Back to, tell you why about Gavin Fairfax. Because this yes. is, you'll love this. Gavin Fairfax, a friend of mine, is, as you well know, is Phil Baird, the Pratt Manly. Yes. And he's got an unbelievable team down there. Some very good players, Taylor Cooper, Anna Young, 
a Japanese father and mother called Ricky Kato. And Ricky's oh, Ricky's a very, good very good player. And, yeah, indeed. And actually had a Japanese tour card and is waiting to go back up to Japan to utilise his Japanese tour card. Very good player, very strong, and a lovely guy, very bright. And I said to him one day, Ricky, you have a bit of a punt. He said, who do you think is going to play well in the Aussie Open? He said, he said, Jay, this one bloke way over the Denzel Aramara. I said, okay, so I put Denzel in. He was about 600 to 1. Mm-hmm. Denzel came out and finished in the top 10 and played like hell. And I thought, oh, this boy knows what he's about. So being the uh, ferret I am, I rang up Ricky again. Oh, Ricky, what he got this week? He said, Gavin Fairfax. Okay. So, Gavin, he told me last week, actually, but Gavin missed the cut last week. But I thought, I'll put Gavin in this week because Ricky's a, Ricky's, uh, he's a, he's a master. Good judge. So here we go. It, this is the Ricky Cato tip, four hundred and one dollars. Okay. And uh, if he gets if he gets up, the people will cancel their subscription and ring up Ricky. <laughs> That's right. The phone will be ringing off the hook every Wednesday <laughs> at the Manly Golf Club again. Very different golf course this week to last for those playing on the men's tour. Pelican Waters is a, a more longer, a longer and more open sort of a golf course. More. Probably a bit more ground game involved, so it'll be interesting to see which players come to the fore. Keeping that in mind, let's head over to the US, J.E. Well, not quite the US, Puerto Rico, a little island off the US. This is the opposite field event. There's a World Golf Championship in Mexico, which we'll come to shortly. But let's start with the Puerto Rico Open, where Scott Brown is a former winner, though not at this course, interestingly enough. And for podcast, Pete, again, Bet365 for some of these bets. This one is on Bet365. Brian Davis at $1,500. That's a name that will be pretty familiar to some of a certain vintage, I would think. Well, Brian Davis, English pro, who's been playing the US Tour for many years, doesn't play as many events nowadays, but when he pops up, he pops up. um, Just checking it. He pops up quite often out of the blue. And this is a second-class field. The good players are playing in Mexico, or the, or the supposed good players are playing in Mexico. And uh, he's got a bit of form here. He's, he's had a couple of... He's been, made the cut twice out of the last three times. And, he, and I thought $1,500 each way, which means you're getting $375 to be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Davis can do that. Yep. And let's assume that he finished in the top 10 and you've lost your win bet because he doesn't win. Of course, if he wins, you're a genius. If he doesn't win, you've got actually $187.50 for the top 10. Not a bad bet. Good so man. that's Good. why we got him in there. He's, it's all about the odds and the fact that uh, Brian Davis is a better player. He, he's just playing less golf yeah. um, because I think he must be 46 or 47. He's got to be approaching senior. I'm convinced that he played in the final group at the Bridgestone, the WGC at um, the Bridgestone at, uh, I don't think it was a WGC at the time, at Firestone, the year that Tiger won in the dark when all the crowd had the cigarette lighters out around the, the 18th green. I'm pretty sure Brian Davis was playing either with him or in the group ahead. Tiger beat, I think. He might have been the one Tiger beat. But anyway, he's... Hmm. he's um, Remember, he's only a couple of years older than Tiger. So, yeah, that's right. So, so uh, I, I, he doesn't play very often. That's why he got out in these big odds. So I just plucked him out of there for that reason. Fair enough. Let's go over to Betfair. And you've got, well, on my list, you've got Sang Moon Bay and Ricky Barnes. You're recommending for podcast, Pete. Justify yourself, please. Uh, well, Sang Moon Bay 
was an extremely uh, high-rated, high-quality player who did his two years compulsory military service in Korea, and he's come back. He's popped up a couple of times uh, early on and then faded away. But this is just the kind of event where a man of his class might uh, might come out of the woodwork, and I think he was something like $250. Uh, are you... I think I've backed him on bet three six five. I've not. I backed him on. Uh, I've got him on Betfair on my list at two hundred and thirty dollars for point okay. one units. But, okay. Well, uh, he's he's, he's two fifty, mm-hmm. and uh, I wouldn't be. I'd, I'd be happy with betting either each way or on bet three six five or or to take the take the long odds, longer odds, slightly longer odds on uh, on Betfair either way. I think he's going to. He's like Sung Il know. After they get out of that business and they they have to come back and eventually restart. Yeah. They're like, a, I said, two week, two years off for medical reasons. So it just takes them a little bit of time to get back into the competitive milieu. And I'm pretty sure uh, it'll happen shortly. And we want to be on him when he does. Yep, very much so. Couldn't agree more. Ricky Barnes? Well, the other player's Ricky Barnes. Now, he's definitely not on bet 365. He's only $175 over there. But he's 480 on Betfair, and Ricky Barnes, uh, former US amateur winner, and has started to show a little bit more form in the last few months. Uh, it's been a bit of an anomaly, really, because those guys winning the US amateur have generally become very successful pros. Kucha. Uh, Tiger, obviously, he won three times, and, and but, a, but a lot of them come out and uh, and make a big mm-hmm. uh, impact on the US tour. Barnes has made very little impact, um, but he's kept his card, and uh, I just thought he got out 480 with a bit of form lately. It was was uh, well overs, and obviously the bookies think at 175 dollars he ought to be shorter. Yep. So I I actually really think that's a a, a good pick. He's a He's a better player than he... Well, he always looked a better player than his resume suggests. So he did contend, if I'm not mistaken, at the US Open at Bethpage Black the year that uh, Lucas Glover won. 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was a very wet condition and uh, he was there or thereabouts at the end. Let's go to the Mexico Championship or the WGC Mexico Championship, World Golf Championship, obviously. So it's a strange sort of feel, very top-heavy, but then you get these other players from around the world who are... Not quite unknowns, but they're not as credentialed as some of the very top PGA Tour players who will be in the field. Uh, but that means that there's some good value betting. And this golf course that they're playing this week, JE, is a bizarre golf course for a professional tournament. It's claustrophobic with the trees. Uh, you can be on the fairway and blocked out by trees from tiny little greens that putt at an unusual speed. They're playing at altitude, so the ball goes forever. It, it's tended to throw up. Good winners or in a field as, as as class as this, you'd expect the cream to rise to the top. But there's value betting to be had. So you've gone with Pablo Larrabal or Larrabal and Carlos Ortiz for the win. $750 Larrabal and 220 Ortiz. Tell me first about Pablo. Well, Pablo's beaten these guys at, mm-hmm. uh, in the desert in Dubai. Um, a sort of very much... Spanish, irrepressible nature, mm-hmm. uh, fearless, uh, doesn't mind, um, obviously speaks the lingo over there, Spanish being the language of choice in Mexico. 
Uh, I just thought he got out to crazy odds at $750. Uh, we've seen him under the extreme pressure of playing against the best in the WGC previously uh, come through, or an event at least its equivalent. And uh, I just thought he was out to ridiculous odds. He, and he's one of those guys, he, he might miss the cut, but um, if there is a cut here. But, but no, the no cut, so. Yeah, so anyway, he, 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 he gets away to a flying start. He's not terrified of winning in this company, so that was why I picked him. Yep, fair enough. Carlos um, Ortiz. Carlos is uh, uh, the rise of the Mexican uh, quality professional in the last five or six years has, has not been surprising to me. Some of them have obviously gone to college in the US, but uh, Abraham Answer, we've seen him down here, and, and uh, his, his form's been fantastic, he's, but he's $55 this week. So I like to see these guys in their own country. They, they're going to have a big cheer squad. Um, they've got he's got tremendous ability. This guy, he, I don't, I'm not sure he's won, but he's definitely run second. Um, he won on the Corn Ferry Tour when it, back when it was the Web.com Tour. In fact, I think he he won the Order of Merit or the the money list on that tour maybe three or four years ago to get to the PGA Tour. He hasn't been as yeah, good he, since, but he's, he's no, no, he's run a, he ran second about uh, mm-hmm. uh, he ran second this year. Yeah. I think in, I think in the right, actually, the now that you think, three yeah. seasons. You know, he's a, he, he's he wouldn't have got a game otherwise. No. So. Uh, I, I just he, he's the he's the longest priced Mexican with a chance, which is why I put him in there to be to be frank. But um, the other guy I wanted to mention, uh, which I probably haven't put on the asterisk beside for you, is our old mate Zach Murray. Mm-hmm. Now Zach Murray, he went he went over to New Zealand, and I watched him win the New Zealand Open, and I thought this kid's got a lot of game. He's pretty impressive, and under the hammer. The last night he was fearless. He just hit the shots he had to hit, and there are some tricky little shots out there on the back nine at the hills. He got around there and got the money there. I think he might have even got up and down on the last from an impossible position to, to win. But then he went over to Europe, his first tournament in Europe, and I think he led after two rounds and finished 15th. Now, here's a guy who's jumped up from the amateur class that he was in when he became a pro to win the New Zealand, New Zealand Open. Then he jumped up in class to the European Tour and finished 15th, first of start. He's got a game here. Who's to say that he's not a class jumper? He's, he's, so, there, he's there with a set of golf clubs, J.E. He's a better chance than you and me. Uh, lovely young bloke, too. Also, also he's $1,000. Yeah, which uh, doesn't hurt. And, uh, you know, for a guy that that's, that's shown that that uh, you're not terrified of the level. Um, mm. You know, every now and then you get a player who comes out and he's good enough to do that. And obviously Tiger was, uh, Peter Thompson was, and, uh, you know, we could probably name a few others who, who, who've come out as young people and just gone straight to the top. This kid impresses me. So that's why I've got him in there. And might be one of the nicest blokes in Australian golf. Genuinely good guy with a terrific sense of humour, very down to earth, very laid back, uh, perfect yeah, attitude all, for the game. So all of that impressed me when he made his speech in, in New Zealand. He, he found a Maori cloak and stuck it on. He's yeah. not frightened to be uh, the centre of attention, and, no. and, and that's a pretty important part of this 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 business. So yeah. so there, my winning bets. You got a you got a bonus one there to know about. So that's okay. And then in the place, I've got a few 
guys in the top uh, 20, mm-hmm. but I found one, Scott Hand. Mm-hmm. Our old mate, $26 for the top 20. Now, people might remember that Scotty Hand is one of those guys that when he plays well, he plays well and it's immaterial. He, at one stage, I think he was tied for the lead at Firestone in the World Series, a WGC event. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that Scotty Hen represented the best value in the top 20 bets, and that's why I've got him in there, $26 top 20. Now, Scotty Hen has a good first round. He won't falter. He'll no. just keep coming. Couldn't agree more. He's, when he's good, he's unbelievably good. Uh, and when he's bad, he shrugs it off and just keeps playing until he's good again. Uh, terrific. Uh, terrific guy. Really good player. Exciting to watch, too. And anytime you bet on Scott Hen, you get your value for money. It's always a roller coaster. With Scotty Hen, so I like that bet as well. Well, lots of golf and lots of golf to look forward to this week, J.E. We are, of course, marching inexorably towards the first major of the year, so the golf season starts to get quite serious in the U.S. From about this point on, uh, March is obviously uh, the lead-up to the Masters, so there'll be an awful lot of players jockeying for positions. We'll have to see some scheduling things and who's going to play where and as they get ready for the Masters, but a uh, big week this week to lead us into that. Uh, let's hope that one or more of those get up. That would be fantastic to see. But it's been great to talk to you today, as it always is. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you, Rod, and, uh, and enjoy your your weekend up there at the ladies. Um, I'm sure there. Uh, I'm sure there's. Uh, it'll be a great weekend. The uh, Tommy, it's a beautiful place. It, I haven't been. You'll back me up on this, Je, and I wish it was the motto for golf tours worldwide. And it's just simply, there's nothing like live golf. Even we, we, we who know that forget over the course of the year where we only have access to it on television. You forget just what a joy it is to watch the players live and up close, to get to stand behind them and near them and watch the shots and feel the wind and see the distances and watch the flight of the ball. It's a, it's a much more immersive experience than what you could ever get on television. Not television's fault. You just can't convey all of those things on TV, but... Uh, the, the 18th hole here at Bonville, for people who are familiar with it, it's a par five where you drive from bottom of the hill to the top of the hill, then it sweeps down and you look over the green and the clubhouse and there's some water short. So it's a it's a spectacular looking shot. The players will be hitting anywhere from a, a hybrid to perhaps a three wood from up the top of the hill there, off a slight downhill lie, trying to work it into a green that really needs a right to left shot and lots of crowds on Sunday afternoon. It's a It all sets up beautifully for... Uh, and then you can't... I mean, those moments you can't explain to me. I, I stood last year at the end of the third round. Madeline Sagsham was leading, and she had just that shot from the top of the hill there. Oh, the wind was swirling. She had to wait for the green to clear. She was just standing there leaning on her three-wood. I think she was one in front at the time, and if she'd made three there, she'd have gone three ahead, and you would have almost closed the door, J.E. And so you, you can't recreate that on television. You, you knew this was a moment, an important moment, a big moment, and he was a a talented player facing a big moment, making a you know an important decision about what she was going to do. That that moment could have really switched the whole tournament. As it turns out, she missed it to the right. She got it up and down. I didn't get it up and down. I think she made par. Uh, but the that re- that emotion and being there as part of that, it's electric. You can't recreate it, Jay. You know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't been to the golf, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is. And it doesn't matter what level of professional golf you go to watch. The quality of the golf is good. And you get to see some of those moments, and you, you miss out on that on TV, I reckon, Jay. There's nothing better than live golf. You're missing it out on the way that the directors and producers seem to be showing it on TV. If there's any crucial shot, they seem to go to an ad break. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as they but get you in, try to sell you something. 
So. Yeah, but uh, uh, exactly. But I, um, I, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to the deadline. My new hip comes up next Friday, so I haven't been able to see as many live golf tournaments as I would like. But the two I have seen are recently Australian Open and the, uh, and particularly the President's Cup. It was a great. I mean, you, you could not, you could not believe the atmosphere, the buzz and the interest that was at Royal Melbourne for the President's Cup live. I mean, it was, and I watched a bit of it on TV and it was, it, obviously you saw much more of the contest there, but uh, uh, you just, when you're out on the course and scrabbling for a position where you could see and try to get over the, the six foot tall bloke with the, <laughs> long, the long hair in front of you and through the gap and he'd move his head. And, but it was all fantastic. And, yeah. uh, um, I think I think um, the other thing about it is there's a lot of golfers there who are keen to have a chat and have a good time and oh. they're enjoying themselves and it is, it is a, it, they are fun places to be. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have, couldn't recommend it more. If you've got the opportunity to come here to Bonville this week or Pelican Waters, or if you happen to be international and you get the chance to go to Mexico or to Puerto Rico and have a look at it, do yourself a favour if you're a golf fan, go and do it because it really is. That Melbourne's Cup was a, that that President's Cup, sorry, at Royal Melbourne. That was a privilege, JE, to be there for that. We saw something quite special there, I thought, from Tiger in particular over that week, and it was a, a real privilege to be there. It's one that I'll put in the memory banks and never forget. That was uh, something really special. So that's the tip. Get to the goal. It was a pleasure for me, right? Because I'd I'd never been a, a journalist before, although I had been commentator for 20 years but i've never actually been a proper job journalist yeah you're enough of a rogue you tick all the boxes so there's no I had there. qualifications with me with my badge and uh gave me access to about two-thirds of the place but we're normally as a player i always had access to wherever i wanted to go that was okay and uh and, and i wanted to thank you for your most valued contributions to my very Poultry efforts. <laughs> Literally, J.E., the least I could do. And I'm always up for the least that I can do. So you, exactly. can, you can count on that into the future. Uh, let's wrap it up. Talk to you next week, J.E. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Rob. Episode 30, Risk and Reward, done and dusted. We'll be back again next week to see how all those bets went and look ahead to what we might be betting on next week here on Risk and Reward. Risk and Reward.